Coming up on Locked On Angels, Mike Trout is back. So how did his back fare, see what I did there, this weekend against the Tigers? Uh, should the Angels hire a former player as a manager? We think so. Some of you don't. And is this the worst offensive team the Angels have ever had under Artie Moreno's leadership? All of that and more because it's Mailbag Monday. And you're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can share the pod with your friends by hitting the share button. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It also helps people to find the podcast. And you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified on YouTube every time a new episode drops. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We hope you're having a happy Monday, a great start to your new week, and we're here to talk about everything that happened this weekend with our Halos, because they are our favorite team, even though they let us down time and time again. But that's okay, because we're still here, we enjoy having you here with us, and so Mike, let's get into the series against the Tigers. The Angels lost two out of three of these games, but Friday it looked really hopeful, because we had a great start from Patrick Sandoval, That's my boy. boy Sandy, yep. who I have loved since he came over, and I felt like he was going to be something special, and he certainly has been this season, and hasn't had a lot of run support, and didn't get a lot of it on Friday, no. but despite that, he had a complete game shutout with nine strikeouts, get this, no walk. That's incredible. That has been his, uh, the official term I think is bugaboo, that's been his bugaboo <laughs> this season. And he did it all on 97 pitches, Mike, and this was a great outing from him, and he had a great combination of getting strikeouts and trusting the defense behind him to get the outs that he needed. His first complete game shutout, just so incredible, and he really deserved that win on Friday. Yeah, they call this game a Greg Maddox. So those of you that are new to baseball or new to Angels baseball, Greg Maddox was a pitcher, played for the Cubs, and also pitched for a a pretty good time um, in Atlanta and won a World Series. Mm -hmm. And then he played for a couple other uh, teams as well. But Maddox was the king of pitching a complete game and throwing less than 100 pitches. And so they call this a Greg Maddox because Patrick Sandoval only threw 97 pitches. And I think that was the most remarkable thing, Johnny, because there was no walks and then he was under 100 pitches. He looked so focused Mm -hmm. and so dominant. And I loved watching him because this is the Patrick Sandoval Sandoval that we would love to see more often and I think that this is the pitcher that's inside of him and so can you imagine if this angel team actually gave him some run support his record probably should be flipped instead of four and eight he should be eight and four because he is this type of pitcher and I'm excited to see what he looks like for the rest of the year but heading into 2023 I think he'd be a great number two number three in that starting rotation if he continues to pitch like this what a great great game and I know you've been a fan since the beginning. So it's a lot of fun to watch the guy that you've been cheering for since day one do really well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, Jared Walsh snuck in a home run around the foul, foul pole. He mm, just got mm-hmm. that one his 15th of the year. That was the only run that uh, was scored in that entire game for both teams. And then Mike yeah. Trout returned, and he went one for four with a single. The swing looks good. He looks great in the outfield, but he actually 
had co- quite an outfield demonstration in Saturday's game, Mike. But why don't you talk about yeah. Saturday and Detmers Day because Reed Detmers is your boy. Yeah, I really love Reed Detmers. He wasn't sharp, but I use sharp very loosely because hmm. Detmers w- went four in, in a third. He did give up 10 hits, but this is where he really got hurt. He got hurt with a lot of bloops or the official John term is dinky doos, right? Yes. And, and so, doubles, doubles down the line that just snuck yeah. in on the foul line. Oh man, that was frustrating. Yeah. That was really frustrating, and so I, they, they seemed to figure him out in that fourth inning because he had every one of those batters who got a hit, he had them down two strikes, mm-hmm. and then they got a hit. And then there was a, a couple of ground balls that were that were you know biffed or that were missed or there was an error or something like that, and so that, that was really frustrating, and you could tell he was a little bit frustrated with how they were making contact and the defense wasn't picking him back up. Mm-hmm. Andrew Velasquez hit a home run. I never know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know. Because whenever he does hit a home run, we're like, oh, great. Now he's going to end up thinking he's Barry Bonds again. And so it was a right-handed home run, which was great. He also forgot how many outs there were in the inning and threw to Renjifo to try to get a double play. And Renjifo was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Doesn't that That epitomize the Angels season so far? Yes, yes. And (laughs) what was really frustrating in this game is Taylor Ward and Max Stassi. They just look really lost right Mm. now. And I was surprised uh, at the end of this game Ward's average dropped below 260, and here was a guy who was hitting up in the high 300s when he first started the season, and so something's up with him. I don't think that it's just a slump. I think that maybe that run into the wall has really kind of changed his approach and maybe changed his attitude as a ball player, and so I'm hopeful that he can figure it out and come back next year looking really strong. But speaking of Mike Trout, his back looked really good, Mm -hmm. and he was running hard down the line. He was recorded at 30.4 feet per second. Second and a 30 is considered elite. Still so got he, it, was, baby. he was hustling and he made a great catch in center field. Yes. It almost looked like, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this just between you and I, nobody else. It almost looked like he had a bad read and had a bad route. Well, he was, <laughs> but, he was playing but, in and it just yeah, it that's went true. over his head and he had to run it back and do a, a, a wide receiver yeah. catch on that one. So maybe we'll yeah. see him in the NFL someday. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would make it and look really good. And so the Angels did lose. Uh, yeah, they lost that game one, uh, four to three, actually, by one run. And that was frustrating. They were in it, though, and I think that that was the thing that we were excited about. But then Sunday came along, Johnny, and it was Otani Day, and he didn't look good. But we got some news afterwards as to why he didn't look good. Yeah, apparently he had a stomach bug all morning, and, and you and I have joked that this stomach bug came from Beckham Trout, Mike Trout's young son and because Mike <laughs> yes. Mike got sick and then it went around the clubhouse and and then it kind of cooled off but the stomach bug is back I guess so it's back but uh Beckham's you, fault. you could tell <laughs> it wasn't quite a normal Otani outing and you could tell that yeah. he was really struggling because he just wasn't he wasn't sharp he struggled on the mound he was pulled really shortly into his outing and then yeah. when he came out Kurt Suzuki came into DH for him so we all went uh-oh What's wrong here? Yeah, something's up. Yeah, right. yeah. But uh, Phil Nevin said, you know, we call him Superman all the time, but it's just another example. Like, he is a human being, and in human being things happen like a stomach bug. And so, yeah, yeah that was disappointing. It was a 4 to nothing loss on Sunday, and just there's no offensive production. We got lucky that we had that Jared Walsh home run on Friday, and then it was kind of back and forth on Saturday in terms of offense, but, uh, man, Sunday just... 
four to nothing. That was brutal. Mike Trout, yeah. he went three for 11 in the series with a walk in three games since he came back. He said everything feels good, and, and his good. swing and his back, they look good, and so he's feeling healthy. He said that he just needs about 15 more minutes of of stretching and prep before the game, so he's adding that to his uh, preparation before each game just to keep him safe and healthy and and make sure that back is in good shape. Phil Nevin added, he said, I thought he moved around great in center, and he reported feeling great, so by all accounts, Mike Trout is back. His back is back, and we're happy to see him. <laughs> Even though this wasn't a, a, a favorable series for the Halos, there were some highlights, including having Mike Trout back, and then, of course, Patrick Sandoval's complete game shutout on Friday was pretty cool. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to open up the mailbag and the voicemail, and we're going to answer a lot of your questions. One of the questions is about Carlos Correa, and they're wondering if we're going to go full heel turn and sign this guy if he opts out. So John and I will share our thoughts about that. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by our good friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games and you can find reviews and news of every league including baseball football basketball hockey combat sports esports and even golf at bet online and they continue to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions bet online is where the game starts We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And of course, it's your team every day. We're happy to be here with you Monday through Friday. And we love when you get into our mailbag. So, Mike, we have our very first voicemail of the week. Let's go to that right now. Hey, Mike. Hey, John. This is Anthony calling from Paris, California. How are you guys doing? You guys think maybe Carlos Correa could be our starting shortstop next year? I know he opted out of his, out of his contract with the Twins. He's not going to come back to them. So uh, maybe he will come be our new starting shortstop. I know he said he loved the atmosphere in, in L.A., so who knows? Maybe. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Thanks, guys. Hope you guys have a good day. Bye. Anthony from Paris, thank you for giving us a call. Hey, Mike, so one thing about the Carlos Correa contract is that nothing's official yet with the opt-out. He does have the option to opt-out after every season that he is with the Twins. In fact, he signed a 105 million dollar contract with an opt-out after each year and it's the largest salary amount that the twins have ever given to a player uh, in their 121 year existence so (laughs) 105 million for three years comes to about 35 million a year so I think what we're gonna have to do is wait and see if he decides to opt out it seems very likely by all accounts and all the reports out there that he will. And why not? I mean, it makes sense for him to try to find another salary somewhere and maybe even get more than $35 million. I'm not sure he's had a $35 million season. But Mike, what right. do you think about Correa as an option for shortstop next season? I like Carlos Correa. I can't believe I just said those Ugh. words, but I do like <laughs> Carlos Correa. I just don't think that he would be wise to opt out because he hasn't really had a great year. Mm. I think he might need to go back one more year because does he get $35 million from another team? Mm. Maybe. I guess he would, but 
I don't think he's worth $35 million. And again, I think he could come and add a bat to our lineup and be a great defensive shortstop. But we've talked about this. I think I would prefer a Trey Turner or prefer a Dansby Swanson over a Carlos Correa because I think you're getting a better player with one of those two guys rather than bringing in a Correa, in my opinion. And you don't have the baggage that comes with uh, <laughs> Carlos Correa yes. and the fact that he still gets booed whenever he comes out. Can we way. boo him if he does sign? Like, would I that know. be okay? Like, <laughs> it's a full heel turn, like you said, the dark side. Yeah. Angel's yeah. going to the dark side. Everybody already hates us anyway, so we might as well turn to the dark side. <laughs> what the heck? Let me change my mind. Let's sign him, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Eric Acosta actually sent us a message on Instagram, and he said, is this the worst offensive Angels team of the Artie Moreno era? I think so, and if not, it's at least the top three, and then this is my favorite. Uh, like, like he, he even wrote out the uh, three batters productive, six batters automatic outs. Uh, like you guys have always said, it's at least three innings guaranteed, no runs. We're not going to score anything. I can't remember an Angels team ever being this awful on the offensive side. Johnny, we did some research, mm-hmm. and here's what we found. Angels are averaging 3.83 runs per game, and their batting average is 2 27 Ooh. this season. That's their worst season since 2003. When already bought them. So this, yes, this, yes. Yeah, he said, I can't remember seeing a, a, an Angels team with this bad of offense. It's because there hasn't been one. And this is, <laughs> this is the team, my friend. Yeah. Uh, we got the record. That's right. You're yeah. all winners. <laughs> Mr. Eric Acosta, you are correct. There has not been a team this bad in the already yeah. Marino era. And you think about 3.83 runs per game, you're like, oh, okay, that's that's decent, but it's the worst. It's actually the yeah. worst since 2003. So the worst. just awful. Mike, <laughs> speaking of production, uh, underscore Mooney on Instagram, they said, do you think Mike Trout's production will go down? And I think mm. that we really have to consider the injury to the calf, the injury to the back, the things that have plagued him over the last two years. I will say that as his age increases, we might see some of that production go down. I don't think that we're going to see quite the uh, the seasons that he's had in the past. But here's what I think about the injuries. I think that these are the kinds of things that keep him off the field. But when he's on the field, he actually is producing yes. very well. And yes. so if his production is going to go down, it's whether he's on the field or not. And so he's if he's not able to stay healthy, we did see the back issue affect his swing, certainly, because he was right. striking out a lot and not catching up to the fastball. But also everyone else was too. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if something happened there. <laughs> yeah. But as far as, as his age goes, and you know, he's thirty one now, and I think we are gonna see some of those production levels drop. But by all accounts, I think that as long as he stays healthy and these injuries don't take him off the field, he's still going to be a, an impact player and he's still going to contribute very well. And he stays in shape. You can tell that he's in yeah. really good shape. No yeah. offense to uh, to Albert, but you could kind of see as the age and the miles wore on him, you know, he wasn't in the best shape of his career uh, during his time with the Halos. And, and I think I look to Albert as an example of what happens when you sign a long contract and you get most of that guy in their 30s. I mean, that's exactly what the Angels did with Pujols. And, and now Mike Trout is entering his 
30s, still young 30s. Um, yeah. I certainly felt a lot better when I was 31 than I do at 33. So, <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about Mike Trout? You know what? You make a really great point. When he's on the field, he plays really, really well. And when he's not on the field, he's not obviously going to produce. But Mike Trout has seemed like he's going to be somebody who is dedicated to his craft. Mm -hmm. And he's going to try to get out there as often as possible. And I think he's got a good game plan moving forward, how he's going to manage the back. It doesn't seem like the heel has even been an issue for him. And so if this guy can stay healthy, I think that we're going to see a Edgar Martinez-like career. Where Mm. Edgar was older, but Edgar actually hit really well. Maybe even, can I say like Big Poppy career because yeah, Big Poppy was good so. until the end of his career as well. And so I think if Mike Trout can stay health, healthy, the the thing will be that he will have this great offensive season and he'll be productive. The only difference between him and Big Poppy and him and Edgar Martinez is they had the option to DH and most of the time they were the DH. They weren't right. playing the field at all. And so that's going to be really the tell for Mike Trout. And if the Angels don't re-sign Shohei, then I think you can put Trout in that DH position. But he is a guy who seems to want to take care of himself and he's a guy who seems to want to stay healthy and wants to make sure that he's on the field. When he is, he's really productive and this weekend even after missing 30 plus games he looked good at the plate and his swing looked really strong and his eye has always been great and that's going to be the the thing that will help set him apart is he's able to really track the baseball because his on-base percentage is always really strong. These guys are so great at routines and keeping their fundamentals and I think as long as there's nothing impacting his body like his back uh, his his swing and his fundamentals and his mechanics are all going to stay the same, and they're proven mechanics. They have proven over his career to, to serve him well, and he knows how to hit, he knows how to field, and as long as his body is not telling him otherwise, I think he's going to stay productive. Um, of course, with age, there will be some decline, and again, we might not see the kind of Mike Trout seasons we've seen in the past, but he will still be a, a positive contribution to this team moving forward, I think. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. John and I really appreciate it, and we love that you send in your questions, and we love that you send us all of your thoughts, even when you disagree with us. And (laughs) you did disagree with us. Somebody sent us a message on Twitter. Zach, at AngelsFan1522, sent in a question. John, why don't you read that one? Yeah, Zach said, I love the show, and there are times that I completely disagree with your opinions. The question is, why are Angel fans so hung up on bringing back former players to coach If the 2002 guys wanted to coach, they'd be in the league somewhere. We need to get a legit coach and not rookies. Well, to answer the first part, we love disagreeing or disagreements. I disagree with Mike all the time. No, but yes, I I just that's why we love doing the show because we understand. You know, we're not you and I are not the be all end all on what the Angels should do or not do, and and the opinions and things like that. But we hope that you appreciate our opinions and our and our uh, the things that we say. But uh, that's why I love the comments on Twitter and Instagram and on YouTube because we're all having conversations about our favorite team. And whether we yeah. disagree or agree, uh, I, I think it's great that we all have different opinions on how this team should work. And I think right now we can all agree that they need to be much better. <laughs> Something needs to work, right? He brought up a really interesting thought about getting like one of the former players. Yeah, because you, you and I have talked about Erstad yes. a couple of times too. Yeah, yeah. 
can I just, I want to share some information about Erstad. Here's, here's why I'm convinced that he would be a really great manager for us. Uh, here's some notes that I have. During his eight years as head coach of the Cornhuskers in Nebraska, he won four NCAA tournaments, or actually went to four NCAA tournaments, yes. and he qualified for the Big Ten tournament seven times. Here's his coaching record. He was 267 and 193 and one. They had one tie. It feels like a football score, right? And so, uh, which he actually had the fourth best record in, in, in Nebraska baseball history for a head coach. He was named the Big Ten Coach of the Year in 2017 after leading the Huskers to the conference championship during that regular season. Six times Nebraska finished in the top four of the conference standings, including four times in the top two, three times Nebraska finished second in the Big Ten tournament. And so he has proven to be a great coach, but here's the thing that I think is really important. He's proven to be a great coach for young players. Mm. And Johnny, 24 of the 58 players on the Angels roster this season are 26 years old or younger. Ah, interesting. And so I think that Ersty could be really great coaching and managing these guys and firing them up. I've always been of the opinion he'll probably be like a four-year coach manager for us. Maybe not long-term hmm. because he might fire him up and then wear out his welcome. Who knows? <laughs> but I, that's why I'm convinced that he would be really, really great. So it isn't just picking somebody off the O2 team. Sure. It's picking somebody that I think would be a great manager because he's done a great job. And then when you think about like Osmus and you mm-hmm. think about Madden and even think about Sosha, you made some really great points off the air, Johnny, as we were talking talking about this that I think that our locked on listeners need to hear. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to managerial experience, I understand Erstad is in the college realm, but I think that that would translate very well to a, a roster of young people with a mix of like veteran players like Trout, of course, and then some of the bullpen guys are a little older like Tapera. But I think about Brad Osmus, I mean, he had managerial experience with the Tigers and that didn't work out so well and then it didn't work out great with us either. Joe Madden, of course, has years of experience, but with experience comes the the ability to kind of direct and guide your 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 uh, vision and and what you have for this team. Like you've earned that right. Right. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like Joe Madden. It's sage like, right? You're like a sage, right? Joe Madden has the the uh, the right to manage a team how he wants to. And you and I were frustrated with him because of bullpen decisions and and firing up the boys by walking in a run. You know, we're going to talk a lot about Joe Madden and what he had to say uh, on tomorrow's show. But and then uh, Mike Sosha had experience and that actually proved to work out for us. He was a minor league coach with the Dodgers for a while. And then we hired him and brought him in for the 2000 season. And two years later, here we are with a with a, a World Series with Mike Sosha and then many AL West championships, wild cards, that kind of stuff after that, too. So. I just think that experience uh, it works great sometimes, like in the case of Sosha and Joe Madden. Obviously, has had plenty of experience, but it didn't it didn't fit us. It didn't work out so well. And 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 then Brad Osmus had experience too, but just not great. And and I think the Erstad experience of, of teaching and coaching at the college level, I think, would translate very well. Uh, yeah. to the Angels next season. 100% if, if agree. they wanted to hire him. Hey, our friends from Halos in the Infield actually sent us uh, a message. Hey! What does a Lorenzen extension look like? Do you boys want him around? What do you think, Johnny? Uh, an extension from Michael Lorenzen. A Lorenzen extension? A Michael Lorenzen extension? <laughs> Sorry, I had to go for Just it. Just trying to save time. <laughs> Just trying to save time. 
Michael Lorenzen uh, signed a one-year deal with us in the offseason, and it was worth uh, $6,750,000 with us. Um, that seems like a pretty affordable one-year deal for a guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, it was kind of a big risk because he was coming out of the bullpen. But Perry Manassian identified that his pitch mix was something that should be a starter's repertoire, if you will. Yep. <laughs> and yep. so it was almost like, what's this guy doing in the bullpen for the Reds? And so I thought it was a great move to sign him. I would love to see him come back. I don't know if they let this contract run out or if they go ahead and make the extension or they wait till the offseason. My opinion is I think the Halos just need to let this season play out, take a breather in October. No, Everyone knows you're not going to be there and in the playoffs, so yeah. take a take some time to assess. Let the contracts run out. I don't think we need to work on any extensions or anything like that right now. And with with Lorenzen, I think that they could just sign a new deal and maybe even give him like a two year deal. I would love to see him. And I know that he's had the shoulder issue, and hopefully that's something that he can recover from. Well, it seems like he's progressing well. But I I like Michael Lorenzen. I think that he would be a great starter in this rotation next season. I know his ERA is sitting pretty high, but that's kind of the result of the injury because yeah. prior to some of his bad starts, he looked really good. And so I I'm, I wonder about the longevity of him as a starter and, and possibly maybe even coming out of the bullpen if he had to move there and the Angels had to make that option. But I would I would want to see him back next season at least another year what do you think Mike yeah I'd love to see him back and I think we could probably get him on a one-year deal again because this year hasn't been as successful as you would hope Mm -hmm. I feel like this is his this is his injury recovery season even Mm. though he hasn't been injured before he came into this season I know he's his next start's going to be in AAA and he's coming back but this is almost like his his Tommy John, but he didn't have Tommy John season, right? Because <laughs> like, he's like coming Noah out of the bullpen. Did. Yeah, yeah, he's coming out of the bullpen. He's figuring out how to pitch. He's figuring out how to be a starter. And so I think that you could probably lock him in for kind of that same cost hmm. because he really has has performed well when he's healthy. I don't know where he slots in in the bullpen because it feels like we have that guy in Jaime Berea and, and Lorenzen kind of would be that long-term sort of three innings, four innings guy. I would rather have Michael in the starting rotation than yeah. Jaime Berea. Cause I think Berea has found his niche or his niece. Yes. And, and I think, I think he could be really good there. And then I think for Lorenzen, I think that it's an opportunity for him to again, prove himself. He feels yeah. like a starter and yeah. I would love to see him come back. And, and here's the big thing. Like if he does get hurt, we, we have pitching that can replace him. We have young guys that can step in. And so I don't think they need to throw a bunch of money at him. But if they gave another six or seven million to him, I would actually be okay with that as a fan. And I agree with you. We should wait till the offseason to see how things play out, to see what the lay of the land is for yeah, pitchers. Let things marinate a little bit. <laughs> Speaking Agreed. of pitchers, uh, Nicholas Egdorf on Instagram said, is a bullpen of loop, perhaps the sixth inning or whenever the starter comes out, Tapera in the seventh, Bachman in the eighth, Joyce in the ninth, maybe Griffin Canning as a long relief candidate, C-Rod helping out Loop and Tapera, Chris Rodriguez, of course. Is that enough to carry us to the playoffs in 23? And then he said, what a shame that it's August and we're already thinking of 2023. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we feel you, my friend. So, Nicholas, yeah, I think that the bullpen for the first time in years actually is looking really good because we have so many options, and he mentioned them there. But that does, that leaves out Andrew Wance, Austin Warren, Jose yeah. Quijada. There are a lot of options in this bullpen, and so I, I agree with some of the things that he said here. I'm interested to see what happens 
with Griffin Canning and, of course, Chris Rodriguez. Griffin Canning, man, we just haven't seen what he can do yet. I mean, he's had flashes of of goodness, but he's been injured this last year, and so I'm concerned about how he's going to hold up. And I have the same concern for Chris Rodriguez, and I agree with Nicholas. I think that C-Rod would be great out of the bullpen somewhere just because he's had his injuries in the past, and I think the more miles you put on him as a starter, I think that's a little bit risky. But for the first time in years, we have so many great options, and I, and the only concern I have, too, is Sam Bachman. I don't yeah. think he's quite ready. I think he's got some things to work on. He's coming back from an injury, and the velocity is still not as high as where it was. So I don't know that he would be ready for 2023, perhaps maybe later on down the road. Um, but I am concerned about his uh, uh, his health, and I think he's got some time to uh, work on things down in the minors. He's going to need some time to work on things down in the minor. Mike, take us to our last question of the day. All right, Finchy168 asked, Stadium future, where are we heading? And, <laughs> and right now it's kind of in a state of flux, right? Because the mm-hmm. deal is off. There were some backdoor deals that got pulled into the public and it was kind of not good. It was illegal. My, my thoughts on the stadium, honestly, Johnny, are the Angels aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Artie's going to try to find a different place. No. He's, <laughs> we say this a lot. He's making way too much money with the parking lot and making way too much money in Anaheim. And Anaheim is, if you're not around here, Anaheim is really a a fun spot to go to because Mm -hmm. Disneyland is there and not too far from uh, Anaheim is Knott's Berry Farm. But also that area has really started to look beautiful. The Mm -hmm. ducks are literally down the street. And so I think it's kind of a hot spot. And then just next to to the stadium is where the the train actually uh, stops. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a place. It's an arrival. It's a destination spot. And so I think Artie's going to do whatever he can to stay in Angel Stadium. I don't think they're going to move anywhere else. And if they do move, they have to at least stay in the stadium for a couple of years because they're not going to be able to build something in a year. Like they don't even have the plans for that yet. That's that probably will take four to five years. So I would be shocked if they're not there in the foreseeable future and even really in 10, 20 years from now, I think, I think angel stadium is where they're going to be playing baseball for a long, long time. Yeah. And that area, they had a really great development plan. If you hadn't seen that, mm-hmm. like it, it was, mm-hmm. it showed all the progress that they would make and, yeah. and they eventually would build a new stadium next to the one we have now. Uh, but that was, you know, several years down the road. And I like the, the construction around the stadium that they were planning on doing. The problem here is, and, and this set off all kinds of alarm bells back when it happened. I think it was December 2019. The final deal was like $300 million something for the property. Yeah. And it was like, that is way too low for all of yeah. that property. And da, da, In this da, da, economy? Da, da. In this economy? <laughs> and, and so you just kind of knew there were some red flags there. And, of course, all of that news came out. So it's like, guys, can we just – this is an inappropriate metaphor, but let's keep our noses clean here and yeah. let's do everything <laughs> above board. Let's not get our – fingers sticky in the cookie jar like can we just work out a deal that's going to be beneficial to the city of anaheim beneficial to the angels brand i don't care if it's beneficial to Artie marino he's already made enough money but the angels brand and their attachment to orange county like good grief we've already got the team los angeles angels and people don't like that a lot of the time so right. let's do everything above board. Let's make sure that everything's kosher and that everything is 
getting handled the way that it's supposed to be and going through all the appropriate channels and let's get a real deal done instead of a backdoor deal where there's money and donations and under the table stuff like that's just not the right way to do things and I expect more from Angel's ownership and you know they'll claim that they didn't know what was happening with the mayor in Anaheim but even still it's just like come on people we're all adults here let's make the right decision for the city and for this team well John and I appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day and now for your second listen check out the Locked On MLB podcast show with our friend Soli he brings humor passion and his unique perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories from around the league you can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts Thank you for uh, giving us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter. And if you haven't done so, we would love to earn your follow. And of course, you can also catch Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And we've made it over 2,000 subscribers, Mike. So we thank you to all of you who have watched us on YouTube. And Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Joe Madden was interviewed in Tampa Bay by one of the reporters there, and he shared some really interesting things. He talked about being fired by the Angels, and we're actually going to share some things that we we really agree with, even though he was feisty. We agree with some (laughs) of the things that he said. So we'll share what he said we'll share what we agree with tomorrow on locked on angels looking forward to that conversation that was a hot topic over the weekend uh but until tomorrow's show my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more locked on angels